All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is that time. I feel like there should be like a theme, like theme music or something. Oh, there was theme music at the start of the show, but like the E3, E3 episode. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, but I was going to do like like trumpets or something. I was going to try and do mouth trumpet. I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah, you're just handling it all of it. Um, so there's Tactic. We, of course, have Nerd Bomber laughing at him. Hello. Uh, up in the case. Uh, I'm Illegal86, and we are here to take you through the wonderful world of E3 2021. Uh, there's a lot to dive into. We're kind of doing a, a bit of a different little, little shake, shake of things up uh, here on the show today. Um, there is going to be no game segment today, um, which means I'm not going to lose so <laughs> no one will it feels lose. good it'll be great yeah we're all hey we're all winners today okay because it's e3 now we've managed to uh kind of shunt our usual recording time as well so that we i think we caught did we catch everything that e3 has or we, we might miss like one or two things but no we we got everything in e3 we're doing it live tonight you know we're getting down to the wire but we got everything in e3 in this episode everything there is and uh if you're wondering what the plan is what our plan for going through all this is uh there isn't one Uh, it's you know we have some things we want to make sure we cover across kind of all of the events all the showcases uh we're probably gonna be talking about some stuff more than others and i will say right off the top there are certainly things that we are going to miss uh that's just that's just kind of the 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 nature nature of of the the beast beast. so to speak yeah wow look at that We've been jinxing each other. Nerd Bomber and I today have already jinxed. That's our third jinx in like half an hour. We're just so um, in tune this week, you know? Right. We, we, when you watch this much gaming footage, you, your brain's kind of, you know, the sinusoids in your brain just kind of start overlapping. Um, so there's a lot to cover. To cover. Um, Dang, I want to join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll, there'll be many chances. Um, I want to start. This was one of the first things um and i'm just, I'm just gonna dive right in uh battlefield 2042 um i, I want to talk about this because this was really the first piece of e3 that i watched was the trailer and this trailer is bananas now now i have not i don't think i've ever played a battlefield game if i have it was for five minutes um it wasn't there one that was just called battlefield because that might have been the one that i played yeah, um, there have been a lot. There's a lot of different renditions. I've never played online. I've only ever played like campaign stuff. I think the one that I most remember playing is like Battlefield Hardline, where you're a cop. Or yeah, there's Hardline. Something. There was also, um, I think, I think the one I played the most was Battlefield. Wasn't there one called Bad Company? Yes, I think I might have played that I one. So they've uh, c- clearly a storied franchise. Um, but they're they're getting into it here with this trailer. Uh, you're seeing. There's rocket ships, there's wingsuits. At the end, spoiler alert, there's a freaking tornado. Is the implication that the tornado is a new, the next version of like a weapon of mass destruction? Like, was that man-made? Is that what I'm supposed to be taking away from that? I honestly because... don't know if it's that or if they're just really predicting like 2042 is going to be a bad time for a lot of people. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it could be like... If you guys well, like 2020, just wait till 2042. Right, I mean, is it a climate change? Like, I don't, I don't want to speculate too much, but like, one of my other takeaways from this trailer was, y- you're inclined, you know, this is the genre of like Call of Duty and other war games like this, and you're inclined to juxtapose it with those bigger franchises. And I feel like Call of Duty in particular, the way their trailers tend to go is, 
you have this even if it's not the actual protagonist of the game you're alongside a particular person who fights through various circumstances and we saw other trailers like this um wink wink uh, rainbow six extraction which we'll get to later um where there's kind of this protagonist person and they fight through things just to show you what the game is going to be like and then they you know show you what the title is and yada yada this trailer was different and i don't know if you guys noticed this but like people were dying like it was, like every time you would meet a per like quote unquote meet a person you'd be alongside a person shooting a gun or you know wingsuit whatever they would then like a helicopter would like land on their head and it was like all right next person we're gonna sweep you off to you know the landing pad of a rocket ship okay that we're, we're driving up to the rocket ship okay the rocket ship took off and also we just got crushed by a you know ballistic missile or something it was so frenetic I, well, it was frenetic. I might have read into it a little bit too much. I might have read into I was like, man, you know, they're going out of their way to show uh, what war is like. Because, like, it's... Whenever, you, whenever I play Call of Duty, there's this disconnect of, like, if, first of all, if I was ever actually in a war, I would maybe last five minutes. That's, that's my um, opinion on it. But people die a lot in war. Whereas in like again these Call of Duty trailers they often show it's like all right you have a ghillie suit and you're in the, and you're like no one's ever going to touch you and you're shooting this and that I liked this because it was much more like okay you see this person dead see this next person also dead it was just it was yeah it was very frenetic and it was um it looked fun they're throwing at things at the wall and seeing what's going to stick that's that's for sure it's very it seems like reflective of the actual multiplayer first person shooter experience because like you said whenever we do see right. like, those call of duty trailers like they show you the the person who's demoing the game always looks like indestructible but this obviously like multiplayer right. online games there's a lot of times you die when, once every 30 seconds exactly and that is yeah. pretty much that kind of crazy over the top super fast-paced action that we got out of this trailer yeah i was both drooling and intimidated like i feel like yeah. i'm there's going to be a lot going on and explosion city well there's there's the part too I mean, we haven't talked about the part where some guy just ghost rode an atv that, that was this trailer right the guy ghost rode the atv into the helicopter i think I was so, like, yeah. and very casually just that's <laughs> which again like i i, I think you're right that it, it probably was like that they and probably most games want to lean fully into the multiplayer experience rather than the single player experience right because the single player experience you you maybe will get you know levels where you're in a ghillie suit and you're kind of soft and you're just shooting stuff but you're gonna be okay kind of thing but in multiplayer you're never okay uh there's always an insane amount of things going on around you i mean battlefield i know is one of those franchises that you can kind of hop into a plane and just and by the way was this the one where you the guy hopped out of the plane in the middle there's there was so much happening in this trailer There's, this was the one where you're at one point they're on a plane and the guy ejects from the plane to like use a shoulder mounted missile launcher and shoot another plane and then he gets back in the first plane like oh man it was it was a lot you should go watch it um it was like a michael bay fever dream uh, and i mean Perfect that in the best words. possible way yeah um but that was kind of the uh that was kind of my uh what's that french amuse bouche of like this is you know this is catch a flavor of what video games are like as we go into into e3 i don't know how accurate it was but like i said they sure threw a lot at the wall um moving kind of chronologically and and getting into 
again trying to stick to some of the bigger games uh let's talk about elden ring because that was thursday okay so george r R. martin is involved in this that is like maybe one of the headlines of this i mean it looks like a very cool game it looks like you're getting a little bit of like dark souls kind of thing a little bit of skyrim it's that kind of milieu right um i don't know if it's necessarily for me yeah but it looks like it's gonna be good I don't, I don't know like it's that's kind of where i live i know a lot of these from software games they're hard and i think i've just moved past that point where like i appreciate a nice kind of fun relaxing experience and me bashing my head against the wall over a hard level or a hard boss or losing all of right. my equipment or whatever and having to restart from square one isn't super appealing and there's a little part of me that's a little salty that George R. R. Martin took some time to write a video game or influence a video game and not finish I don't the Game, the game of Thrones series, but hey. See, like, I don't... My like my guess is they wanted his name on it until so they, like, asked him a couple... Th- like, I, I bet he was, like, a consultant level kind of... I don't think he wrote the thing. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I'm talking out my butt. But, like, yeah, God, same as what you said. I would hope he didn't take too much time to make this video game but it's it's i think you're right like and i i mentioned right away like i got kind of dark souls vibes dark souls has kind of like taken this entire genre and like maybe subliminally predisposed you to like the notion whether correct or incorrect that like this game is going to be really hard you're going to die a lot because there's going to be scary bosses and you'll like like you said you'll die and you'll lose your stuff and it might not be that fun, but it's going to be cool. Like that, it's, it's just like it is kind of this genre now that I feel like this fell into. I also feel a little bit like um, Elden Ring. They were like, "All right, fantasy genre." <laughs> well, you got Elder Scrolls, you got Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you got oh, you know what, Elden Ring. Like it just, I, it feels a little bit like, and they didn't get into the story like too much. In the fantasy name generator dot com. Yeah, it felt a little bit derivative to me. Um, I don't know that they need to be going out of the way to be super, super original, especially if the gameplay is good. But the other thing I want to mention about this trailer specifically that I wrote down was, yeah, this was the one where the horse did the the jump, right? Where he jumped like up a cliff. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this part? I laughed out loud when I saw that. I, i'm sorry like i know it's well, I, I think it's they were taking themselves really seriously and then the horse does a deep squat and just jumps off screen i was like what is what is going on here there's like there's there's really badass wolves there's like these demon guys this guy with no head i'm like okay this is cool this is dark and then horse just boing i was like what <laughs> that was very confusing to me but um I mean, I will say, though, it was a very beautiful looking game. Like this definitely. Oh, yeah. This was a trailer where, especially since we got a little bit of like gameplay in here, it looked beautiful. The graphics were great. And I'm sure if you are a fan of this type of game, you were probably super stoked. And having that release date, which is at this point only like six months away, probably super exciting, which I don't know why. Maybe it's just because we don't. This was the first time I feel like we've gotten a decent sized chunk of information about Elden Ring but it seems like this game was farther off than January like six months from now so I think that was a little bit of a neat surprise yeah we got a lot um so tactic you've been awful awful quieter I want I want to get you in on the 
in on the addition here. Any, anything to say about Elden Ring, or do you want to talk about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? I want to move on to Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I just, yeah, I've, I've always yeah. been kind of intimidated by this game as well. I'm Thursday for me was just overall. I was sort of in the feeble position, saying these games look hard. I like Tiny Tina. <laughs> right. Well, so 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 Tiny Tina. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll let you. I, I think you and Nerdbomber are both particularly excited about this. So I'll I'll let you have the floor. But the the basic gist of it is Borderlands looter shooter, but not Borderlands you know kind of thing so tell me about tiny tina am, am i i didn't finish borderlands i didn't even finish the first one Look am i supposed to know who so am i supposed to know who she is you are introduced to her in the game but she's more of a side character than than anything because each each game has your own four person squad that you play as and she is not one of them in, in all of the other uh that's the word i'm looking for not games, but I'm going to say games. DLCs? Expansions? I no, she's know. definitely, she's like an NPC that you meet and she gives you like storylines and quest lines to follow. She's actually like, she's a big enough member of the cast where she is in the movie, the Borderlands movie adaptation. And okay. she's basically this like kind of young, quirky girl who is pretty technically inclined, like she can tinker with stuff. And that, that's kind of why you do errands for her and you meet her is basically to get her right. different gadgets and whatever. And there is a DLC, and this is what's exciting for me. There's a DLC that was actually really, really well received where Tiny Tina is obsessed with playing like D&D-ish type games. And she basically makes a D&D type campaign for you to play through in this DLC. So essentially this isn't like... The Gearbox made it very clear that this is not a spinoff of Borderlands, but it's basically kind of leaning into that DLC's idea of having this fantastical universe and Tiny Tina yeah. just happens to be in it. This like D&D style. Because yeah, you, you got that vibe, you know, it's it's a dragon, right? That this guy fights at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, it's to, like, yeah, for me seeing it, and this might have been part of why, you know... It, I, it didn't put a whole lot of wind in my sails is because I think the tiny Tina reveal was supposed to be pretty significant. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> it's just like, I, what, what hit me more was the voice cast. Um, they have an impressive voice cast for this. Andy Sandberg, Wanda Sykes, Ashley Birch, Will Arnett. Um, this is going to be uh, a thing, no doubt. Like My thing with Borderlands, the reason I didn't finish Borderlands, I'm about to make a lot of people very mad, but it's not an E3 episode if I don't do that. Um, I think you said it yourself before, you know, I never ran errands for Tiny Tina. I never reached that point in the Borderlands universe. But at any given time in the Borderlands universe, you're running errands for somebody. And, you know, that's just kind of a gaming. I mean, you do the same thing in Elder Scrolls, you know. But, like, I just remember thinking there's a lot of errands. And for a perfectionist such as myself, I'm going to do all the errands. And I'm not going to have a good time. Um, I think th- you, you know, did yourself a disservice by not playing with anybody else because no oh, yeah, no Tactic and I, we, and Tactic, I don't know if you enjoyed your time with it like I did because <laughs> I am a perfectionist too. So we literally had to check off every single side quest that popped yeah. up. And I, I just, just love Borderland in, in general. I mean, the game is fantastic. The dialogue is fantastic. And to now basically have a full game based on what I like to call fan fiction, that's really what it kind of feels like to me, is awesome. Yeah, well, it's 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 very cool to see. 
you know, even as someone who might not be overtly excited for this one, one thing that Borderlands I think is known for and should be known for is the art style, right? It's this, it's very cart, very comic booky, very cartoony. Um, and Borderlands is kind of this, I get it's post-apocalyptic, right? That's what it technically is. Um, to take it into a more D and D ish place is an inspired idea. Like I have no, I have no problem saying that this is going to be a very big deal. I think Gearbox has one here. Um, I mean, we especially will stay tuned. you think about the the humor in these games, and now that you like Critical Role is so big, and there's so many D and D podcasts and things that people watch and listen to, and D and D has really kind of taken over a lot of nerd culture, at least. And so, basically, infusing this idea with the humor of Borderlands can only be a fun time. Yeah, I'm no pumped. doubt. Um, I'm pumped. This 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 is going to be a big one. I don't know if we got a release date for this one. Um, if if we did, it it blew by me. I'm sorry. Details aren't my strong suit. Um, but yeah, that that f- for us, we're going to start skipping around here. Um, I want to touch on one thing on Friday, the IGN Expo. There was one game that in particular caught my eye, and it was a pretty down ballot game. This is like it, this this is my quote unquote indie pick. I think. Um, game called Haunted Space. So f- for those that remember i'm sure at some point and during the podcast the run of the podcast i mentioned that i was playing everspace this is spooky uh, everspace that's like the, it's a one minute trailer it's very short what we what we saw but it's spooky everspace with supposedly a better story and i think i'm not sure about this part but i think and kind of hope they're taking the roguelite out um roguelites are hard guys roguelites like they're frustrating Ever- yeah, yeah, Everspace had a hard time keeping my attention because the story, like my two biggest gripes with Everspace were the story was so bare bones it barely even existed. And two, the roguelite thing got tiring. If there is a space combat game that can fix those two things and also introduce a spooky element, hint, hint, dead space, like, damn, I'm into it. And again, this is like similar to Elden Ring. This is already like, okay, what should we call this game? spooky space like it's (laughs) the name is the name is really dumb but i was like it was a minute long you didn't see a whole lot um but i was into this one um so we don't don't have to dwell on that's one that i wanted to kind of breeze by that and mention that as kind of a down ballot pick so to speak um now i i think we can come back if we have time but i want to skip to one of the bigger um the bigger kind of ex- uh, exposés. What, what's the term? Showcases. Um, I'm going to ask this for maybe the millionth time on the podcast. Is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Okay, uh, Ubisoft, I think right? Ubisoft. Think, no, so I was watching at the end of this showcase, the CEO comes on and I'm like 99% sure because I even like rewound it. I know he had an accent, but I listened in and I'm pretty sure he said Ubisoft. So I will... I will take my little victory there and I will call it Ubisoft. It's fascinating that here's the three of us pretty, pretty well to do video game podcasters. We don't know. Like (laughs) we think we know somebody tell us and put this debate to bed. After how many years of playing their games? I've played so many of this company's games. Still don't know how it's pronounced. But anyways, we're going to go through some of the bigger ones here. Um, I have to say, I mentioned it before. I think Rainbow Six Extraction is in the conversation for me as uh, 
the best trailer. Most impressive game, I don't know, but the best put together. There's only one I can think of that was a better trailer, um, and we're going to get to that later. But I know when you're talking about. I think you do. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but I was really, really taken in by uh, this one. Um, I'm a big PVE guy. Um, I haven't played any Rainbow Six games in a in a minute. Uh, this seems to be quite different from what they usually do. Uh, so. Um, but I like. I don't it. know what was your, what were your, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah. So for me, my initial reaction when I saw what this game was was, wow, you know, they've been hearing for years that we want more like squad based PVE games like Left for Dead, and so many companies are now leaning into this. There's going to be yeah. so many of them all at the same time. But then Which, I was yeah, it's a good point. That's great. I think that's amazing, and we're, yeah, we're seeing a lot of those. Like, I don't know if they're all going to be competing with each other, like if that'll be a bad thing because then they'll detract from each other. But I know I personally, I will probably play them all with Tectic and maybe with you if there's crossplay. But so I was saying, like, what's going to differentiate this from the other basically like squad based PVE games? And I actually think this is really neat because they kind of take that Left 4 Dead formula, but they add in the traditional rainbow six like you have missions you have to be tactical you can't just go in and start spraying your weapon and hoping to hit zombie alien vampires whatever you have to have a plan and there's something you have to try to do tactically and also you can't leave a man behind which i thought was great yeah i wanted to expand a little bit on that tactics too because to the point of not just you know spraying and praying there's also the, uh, I forget what this it's called, but this, we're going to call it the slime that's on the floor to kind of yeah. be aware and remove it and clear that from the room before you get attacked by the horde is all part of the strategy. So it's not just go for the enemies, it's make it difficult on top of that for them to even get to you. And, and I thought that was super clever and, and really fostering right. this great teamwork um, in yeah, game. It- and like Left for Dead, and you know, I think I think we're gonna talk about Back for Back for Blood later. But like, they're they're not so tactical, right? And that's what you were getting at. I mean, there are some special zombies in the old Left for Dead games that you have to minimally work around. But in large part, a lot of that game is run around, search a room. Oh, there's a zombie. Oh, I shot it. It's all right. Move on, kind of kind of thing. And yeah, like that. Like that does not that's not going to fly here i think is even in this sort of cinematic setting you got that sense right and my rainbow six my last rainbow six experience was uh showing my age here rainbow six vegas i think is what it was called um this was xbox 360 way back in the day um and it was like i would play this game for hours and it was very simple there's a building that has 30 terrorists in it there's a little counter that shows you how many terrorists you've killed but you have to do it right like you have to like go, so you have to sweep the rooms in a tactical SWAT teamy way, or you're not gonna. It's not gonna work. You can't just kind of run and gun. So yeah, I I agree. I like that they're taking that tactical aspect and trying to extend it into a PVE based, looking like a zombie alien whatever kind of kind of experience. Well, like um, it it makes Rainbow Six feel a little bit more accessible too for people who are new. Like I know I've tried to play Rainbow Six Siege and. First of all, if you don't have a full-on squad that you communicate on the regular, you're going to get wrecked because people who play Rainbow Six, like their levels of communication are off the charts. I don't know. Yeah. You said that you haven't played a Rainbow Six game in a while, and I don't know if Technic has either, but I remember just sitting down and I was just like, this is not going to go well. This is not for me. But 
a game like this where I can pick it up with a friend or two and we don't have to be pros because we're playing against AI. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, totally. Barrier to entry, I think. Siege is one of those games that I've never tried it, but one of the reasons I haven't is because, yeah, I know it just, it just, it wouldn't work out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, and that, yeah, that may be a tactical move on, on the franchise's part is say we're going to pivot into something that we can get more people in the door. Moving right along, uh, something that could not be any more different, but I, I feel like we should talk about, uh, Rocksmith Plus. Dude, I'm how, how, how about that? Are you, so is this, is this going to, cause you're, you're, you're a, a fiddler diddler, uh, as, as I recall, uh, as am I. Um, are you, is this going to be a purchase for you? So the the one interesting thing for me is that they, in all of the stuff, all of the trailers that they showed, and even then I went on the website to sign up for their open beta or closed beta. I guess you can win a an entry into their closed beta on PC, but there's no cost. So basically they're turning Rocksmith, which was a game that basically lets you plug in your own guitar and play Guitar Hero with a real guitar. And you could learn real songs and it would kind of teach you and go through the motions. Which um, is like cool enough, by right. the way. <laughs> did you ever play it, by the way? I never did. But I remember hearing about it and thinking, wow. And then I just never... I think I think when it first came out, before I even owned a guitar and was like getting into that whole thing. So I was like, oh, that's cool for guitar people. And I've kind of moved on. So like, um, I, I bought it and I, I struggled with it a little bit. And I'll touch on why. But first of all, I didn't see anything that showed what the subscription fee would be for this game. So that's a little concerning for me because there are other their services like Musician and stuff, which I personally use Musician because I like their user interface a little bit better. Um, But like I know what my monthly fee is going to be. And so they have to make sure that they're falling in a very competitive space, which is going to be hard because they have all of this music that they have to license out. So I'm a little like skeptical to see what that price is going to be on a monthly basis. But there is a lot to like that they improved on the original game here. One is that to play Rocksmith originally, you needed an electric guitar. There, you, the, the game came with a cable. So it basically was your right. your amp jack that you would plug into your guitar. And then it was it wired through to USB and you would plug it into your Xbox or PlayStation or PC or whatever. And if you didn't have that, you were SOL. Now they've linked it up where you can just use your phone, which is what other popular guitar apps and stuff have started to do. And I think that's a really ingenious thing because people who may just have a cheap acoustic that they picked up somewhere now can start to play. And this is a really weird thing for me to have picked up on. But they also introduced a tablature mode. And I don't know how familiar any listeners out there are with guitar or rocksmith but one of the things that i struggled with with rocksmith was that the way that the notes came down on the screen was just like guitar hero but it was very confusing because if you look at a stacked neck of a guitar the like you don't have five buttons spread out horizontally you have vertically stacked strings and so you had to memorize which colors went to which string and there was just a lot going on and i was used to tablature and that was not how i was seeing things presented to me and they added a mode where you can actually you know have flowing tablature instead coming up on your screen and that's going to make life so much better for people who want to use this if you know any if you've been using tabs at all it's just going to be more intuitive and i know this is getting like really like guitar nerdy here but that excited me a lot tech are you going to start shredding no i have broken fingers 
They just, they, my, I have long, weird fingers, and you'd think that would work great for the guitar, but I just can never get them to move on the proper frets. And that's why the only thing that I've really tried and, and had some moderate success was the ukulele, because it's got less strings and it's a little, and it's a little smaller, a little less stressful. Why, well, I, my guitar, like, barrier, I've gotten a, de- a decent amount of proficiency, but I can't, physiologically, like you were saying, technically, I just, barring chords, I don't have it. I just can't do it. Like, it's, every time I tried it, I will, I will take certain stretches of time and, like, try and figure it out and build the calcium, whatever. I cannot do it. I just, it's, 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 it's beyond me. But on a, on a meta level with, before we move on, because we're spending a lot of time on this, but on a meta level, the thing I liked about this announcement trailer for this was that they weren't just like showing someone pick up a, pick up an axe and just immediately start shredding, right? They were, they actually showed a lot. I think they might've showed more footage of people being frustrated, which like, good. (laughs) Cause, cause that's the way it's not going to be easy. Airplane is. Yeah. Um, there, there were there were momentary victories for the quote unquote characters in these trailers, but I actually liked the moments more where they were like, you could tell they were they were saying you know wordy dirds at the TV <laughs> or the or the computer. Um, so yeah, Rocksmith Plus uh, subscription service fee unknown, closed beta starting. Uh, well, already started, I guess. Um, again, we're going to be skipping around a lot here. We're, we're already coming up on our on our halfway break, and we have a lot more to cover. Um, Let's get one. Let's get one of the biggest things. What I think is one of the biggest things before we go to the break. Uh, Avatar: Frontier of Pandora. Now, now, um, Nerd Bomber wrote in our show notes, and I really, I really appreciate this. Um, she wrote "Blue Avatar" in parentheses. Case <laughs> <laughs> any of you were thinking Avatar was relevant, I had like I know yeah. it's coming back, but like I figured I had to specify. <laughs> well, that's that's what this trailer was for me. In you know, I will say, graphically speaking. I think this was the best looking thing that I saw. Um, and we can, we can debate that, but uh, it was also beyond that. It was primarily a reminder of like, Hey, remember that movie that came out in like, what's that 2009? Like when did that even come out? It's been so long. Um, yeah, we made a game out of it, which like when you think about it, that's a natural progression that probably should have happened a while ago. Um, maybe it's trying to like, wet our whistles for avatar 2 i have no idea it was waiting for more triangles waiting for more triangle and the triangles are here that's for dang sure um i the other kind of main point i wanted to make about this one is it clearly appears that the humans are the bad guys and i'm like you know what right on (laughs) i was was that not how it went in the movie i honestly don't remember that's exactly how it went in the movie we suck yeah well it's it's the pocahontas thing right it's 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 you know humans human becomes avatar realizes that humans are bad tries to save the avatars i know they're not called avatars i don't know what they're called um the planet's called pandora look you saw the movie everybody saw it back when it came out um we got a lot of flying combat a lot of really well shot arrows in this trailer um on like the on the backs of winged beasts they're shooting really precise arrows um definite like for, uh horizon zero dawnish vibes because you have the archery plus the kind of mechanical things roaming around plus all the kind of nature content um it's gonna be a big one uh it's it's, it's gonna be a big one i don't i would need to hear good things about it um because like the the actual ip i could give a rat's patootie about 
but that's just my uh two cents tactic nerd bomber thoughts on this one i'm I'm always pretty hesitant with uh game to movie adaptations and vice versa so i'm kind of in the same camp as you where i'd have to hear rave reviews about it to really be invested Right, which it's possible, I think. Like, there was nothing about this. No gameplay was really shown. It was pretty much entirely cinematic. Um, We don't know anything really about the gameplay yet, as far as I know. So there's a chance that it could be doing something gameplay-wise that's really novel and really cool. And, you know, that gets my foot in the door. But I I think the draw of this trailer was supposed to be, oh, man, remember how cool Avatar was? And I'm like, no. (laughs) they're (laughs) They're like, we made a whole game out of it. And I'm like, all right have fun with that um nerd bomber your your thoughts before we move into the uh the break honestly just kind of the same like at the avatar ip never really grabbed me if they had announced a avatar like ang last airbender type game i probably would have been a little bit more stoked for, the i mean non-blue like you guys said, avatar yeah non-blue avatar this looks super pretty and i'm hoping non-blue, like blue non-live action avatar. yes yes right oh yeah and like they double, said, double. this is going to come out on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X as like the primary consoles. So like I'm hoping they're leveraging the power of next gen for whatever this turns out to be. But yeah, I'm going to need to see more because right now the IP alone just like it looks pretty. That's cool. But I'm not like I'm not pre-ordering this anytime soon. Yeah, it's it struck me as definitely like they were like, this is our big deal. And I was like, is it? But anyways, uh, so we're going to we're going to move to the break now. We have a lot to cover after the break. Uh, We need to get to Xbox Bethesda, of course, and the Nintendo Direct, as well as any other little things we can fit in Square Enix presents uh, if we have the time. Um, Before we go to the break, of course, I would be remiss if we did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producers, Mr. Ben Checkness, Mr. Stephen Keller. Thank you so much again for supporting the show. This E3 rundown is happening because of you and because of your continued support so we thank you guys so much uh ben and steven were both recently on the show you've heard their episodes i think the past well one of them was last week the other one was like two or three weeks ago um that could be you guys uh if you want more of the details on our patreon levels of support you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast get the details there we have a night level at the top which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog as well as that producer shout out input into our weekly game segment which as i mentioned before is not happening this week and the occasional guest spot Uh, we have a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so again patreon.com slash online warriors podcast check us out there thanks again to ben and steven we're going to take a short break now to shout out a sponsor and we'll be back to talk about more e3 (laughs) brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth with powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles the brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth it's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist a fresh whole mouth clean every single day Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. All right, let's dive right back in here. Um, I'm going to skip down to the big one here. Xbox Bethesda. Now, I, I want to jump around here and I, I, let's do this a little bit differently than the last segment. Um, I 
I'm going to selfishly say we should individually throw out games we thought looked particularly good. I'm going to let uh, Tectic go first. Um, we can kind of just round robin this, kind of don't have to do things in order just to spice it up a little bit. Best trailer by far, Outer Worlds 2. Knocked it out of okay. the damn park. That yeah, was I don't a agree. very funny trailer. In terms of like entertainment value, it was very funny. It didn't show us anything new about the game and it openly said it's still in development, but it was hella funny. I... I don't know what the deal is with Outer Worlds. I I was that's that's one that I skimmed by me a little bit because I missed the boat on the first one. Um, I I agree it was funny, um, which you know held my attention a decent amount. I thought the best trailer was Contraband. That was what I we, we mentioned before. What we what we were gonna we thought we were gonna agree on best trailer. Interesting. Um, we could talk about Contraband was was well we can talk about Outer Worlds two more before we get to Contraband. Xbox exclusive. This is a big deal um you know this is you know xbox bethesda they're the uh they're the big baddie now i guess i shouldn't say baddie goody for a lot of people um but xbox exclusive this is what people were were hoping for that's a huge deal is this going to be a a pre-order for you guys i mean none of these for the most part are going to be a pre-order because yeah that's one of the major takeaways and this isn't my trailer pick obviously but one of my major takeaways here is I think they said they showed like 30 games and 28 of them or something like that are going to be on Game Pass either day one or launch. And like for me, that value is insane. And I know Mm -hmm. not all of these are first party games here, but even stuff like announcing that Hades is coming to Game Pass and that's a game I've had my eye on for a very long time. And I waited long enough for it to hit Xbox and PlayStation 4. And now it's going to be on Game Pass and I don't have to pay for it. And it's fantastic. And basically yeah. all of the the Xbox first party games that are going to be exclusive, all of the big ones that we saw here, I don't have to pay for because I subbed to Game Pass. And that is just uh, an understated value for me. 12 minutes, day one Game Pass. Back for Blood, day one Game Pass. Plague Tale Requiem, yes. day one Game Pass. We, we're going to come Tale? back to some of these. I never did, but that trailer looked fan- phenomenal. I will say. I don't know. Did we talk about Plague Tale on a podcast before? Something it looked vaguely familiar to me. Like it might have come up like last summer or something. I think. Um, well, I played the first game, and I think I talked about it. I think it was last summer that I played it, and I think I talked about it pretty in depth. And that was one of the games where I had heard like decent things, and I, I picked it up, and I was very surprised because that was another one. It, it was on Game Pass. I didn't pay for it. It was my first month of Game Pass, and I was like, let's see what's on here, and. That game blew me away. Like, it was literally one of my favorite games that I played last year. And I think this was one of the games where I grabbed Tectic while we were watching this showcase. And I was just like, as soon as I saw a rat, like a single rat, I just like grabbed him and I was like, this is Plague Tale. This and is I the said, Plague Tale Ow. sequel. And I'm so Andy, excited. Stop, stop grabbing me. You need to, like, I would highly recommend going back and playing that. Because literally just fantastic. There's like puzzly stuff. It has elements of, I would say, like Dishonored sneaking around stealthy kind of stuff. And the story was fantastic. Big, so, big ups to that. I, I, I Before I got to play time, 12 minutes, you get better. It's free for you because of Game Pass. You had better freaking play that and tell me. Uh, that one hurt me to watch. Because um, I really, re- that's one that I wish I could get my hands on. And... I mean, Willem Dafoe, forget about it. Like, that that's it. That's all I needed to hear. 
um but yeah i I want i do want to circle back to contraband um and we'll get to some of the other other things here but contraband was the best trailer to me that was the one that i watched and again kind of in a similar vein to what i was just saying about 12 minutes it it made me want to buy uh an xbox which is what these this what these it's what e3 is supposed to be about right it's not even supposed to be make you want to buy games it's make you want to buy consoles probably is what they want right um so then after you buy the consoles you buy games but i just i liked the they didn't show us anything i I understand that they didn't show us any gameplay it was a very cinematic thing but you like the premise i love the premise what they were laying out which is it's a co-op smuggler sort of thing you plan jobs you go do them um you're in it's like the 1970s it looks like it's this like vaguely tropical environment it's hard to even say but the way that the way it's it's this freeze frame and you're kind of zooming around this smuggler's hideout and they're showing you okay here's where we plan the job here's someone working on a car here's what we stole it's just it was very it was short and sweet it got me suitably excited um so for me that was the crown jewel uh i would say the unlikely crown jewel of of this session but of course you know we have to talk about halo infinite free to play multiplayer i didn't see that coming i don't know were we supposed to see that coming this was a fantastic trailer i need to say that first and foremost the constant i mean no different than than battlefield as we met as we mentioned where it was just this fluid people dying left and right left and right and it was just done so surgically and so well that you can't not be hyped for this game i feel like they really did a good job if you had any interest and any experience with halo at any time like i feel like so many people have really good memories of halo back in the day and they did a really good job kind of evoking those memories and right making it super accessible so now everybody who wants to can jump back into halo multiplayer and revisit that right at this point that's that's the halo franchise's main job right is to me at least i guess to me as someone who hasn't played a halo game in a while their main job is to you know come to me and say hey remember halo 2 god how great was that hey we're still it's still going on like just here buy this game like you know what you're getting with halo i i think like and they're doing little quirks here and there but you know what you're getting and if you like it you're gonna love this um you know free to play multiplayer is the the cherry on top to me um so this was one that you know i'm i wasn't salivating over it certainly but uh they did a very good job is is what i will say about it um I was surprised not to move on from Halo, but I feel like we know kind of what Halo Infinite is. Like, obviously, we got the new yeah. campaign trailer as well, but like we've we've been hearing about Halo for a very long time. I'm surprised neither of you mentioned the thing that they closed their show on, which is the, the newest from Arcane, yeah. Redfall. And this is this is another one of those PVE squad based like supernatural shooter games where basically you're squatting up. It's got the same energy as left for dead and back for blood but you're fighting vampires instead of you know zombies in this cartoonish world and at first like my first blush was i love arcane so i'm gonna trust them but this isn't what i want fingerprints all over it yeah but like this isn't what i wanted from arcane you know what i mean like knowing that they have death loop coming out knowing that they've done dishonored and prey and 
you know, they've, they've had these really amazing games. Having a PVE sort of style game wasn't what I expected from them. But the more that I watched and sat with this trailer, I think bringing that infusion of having that like magical, mystical abilities infused with gunplay and just having that wit and charm of your Left for Dead game, I think this could be really fun. And so add this on to my stack of PvE games that I'll be playing. By the way, I'd, I'd rather compare this more to Borderlands because there's a different class system associated with yep. with the different players. It's, it's what they're they're trying to highlight. In there. I mean, I, I got momentarily confused watching that. When I say Arcane's fingerprints were all over it, I was like, wait, is this Deathloop? Is this like a Deathloop expansion or something that's like about vampires? I mean, it looks very similar, but, you know, it looks really, really, really exciting. Um, I Fun fact about me, not this is an E3 thing. You're jealous because uh, this is another Xbox exclusive? Uh, well, that's fun too, but that's what <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, vampires are... Illegal 86 is uh, number one childhood fear. Really? So you would not many... like this game? I uh, I'd still, probably still like it. I've got I've look. I've moved on. Uh, I used to have recurring nightmares as a child about vampires. Um, instantly ones that looked kind of like the vampire in this trailer. So I, I I'm watching this and I'm like, oh oh no, you know. There's a little <laughs> bit of that going on. Don't uh, play this one at night. But it looks. Yeah, I, I was I was saving. There's, there's other things here we haven't hit that we should, but that I was, you know, um, I was saving that one because I think that was my number two. That was my second favorite in this showcase. I, st- I still think Contraband, that's my number one, but uh, Redfall looking really, really cool. Um, circling back, I know we're going as rapid fire. I, I'm sure people are frustrated at this point. Um, guys, there's so much. We still have Nintendo Direct to get to. Like, that's, that's where we are. Um, I want to talk... I, I never thought once that I would say for an E3 rundown, I want to talk about Forza Horizon. I want to talk about Forza. It looks really good. It looks like, so beautiful. Is it? Is it? Yeah, graphically, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Is it the kind of thing where as I get older, I like Forza Horizon. I've actually never played a single Forza game, but my understanding of Forza is this is a driving simulator. Like this is not need for speed. This isn't burnout. This isn't, no, oh yeah, the dynamics of the vehicles are a hundred percent different than Need for Speed. Although 100%. I will say, Horizon is so like mainline Forza is simulator. Horizon is more arcadey approach to that. But it's still in ter- in terms of vehicular physics. Is it because st- like I that has some intrigue to me now as I get older and like I and not that I drove cars like a maniac when I was younger, but like. I, I I think I know how a car works now, and like I think it would be cool to like, y- yeah. Okay, let me put it this way: you've been like driving on an empty road, and you're like, I want to do a I want to do a burnout or something just to like know what it feels like. For, Forza is offering you that chance, right? They're saying you will know what it feels like in a simulated safe world. You know, I, I, that has appeal to me. And yeah, on top of that, looks absolutely gorgeous. The thing that I'm most excited about it is the addition to make your own custom tracks, which to me, the first thing I said was, wow, they ripped that right out of Grand Theft Auto V. But it's a popular feature that everyone does and and drives their their fancy schmancy cars on. And why not monetize off of it? Yeah, it's, it's a natural progression for them. Um, I, again, I never thought I'd be in E3 showcase saying, wow, Forza. But I uh, I felt that one a little bit. Other ones that are highlighted here, you know, just 
skipping all the way back to the top, we should probably mention Starfield. Um, you know, this is kind of the Bethesda crown jewel, right? I, you know, it's been talked about for years upon years upon years. I don't know. Skyrim um, in space. Right. That's, that's what we're talking about here, right? The, the, you know, the, the sheer scale of this to me is, is imposing. And I mean that negatively and i don't want to i don't want to be a debbie downer this is this is this is their like headliner thing but you're I not like a was, sprawling open world rpg type person i'm not yeah i'm not it's just so yeah I, I should defer to to the two of you i'm not sure how much the two of you go into that sort of thing i really don't so you know what was your so, what, what are your feelings about starfield at this point i i never got into skyrim that much but i was super into fallout like i think that when we were doing our old podcast back in the pre-online warriors days i'm pretty sure there was a day where i was so engrossed in fallout like i was neglecting going to the bathroom i was neglecting eating and i think there was a week where i was just like <coughs> guys i don't feel good and then played fallout for like five hours instead of you know recording like a good co-host should and so to me if they can give me a compelling story kind of like they didn't fall out compelling characters which was one of the the key hallmarks of the fallout franchise for me is like very well written supporting characters and then put it in space and have some emotional gravitas but also let you do silly things i think it'll be really fun and i'm looking forward to it especially since again i don't have to pay for it i want to circle back for a second you said you got so into fallout that you were neglecting and you said go into the bathroom yeah Which, i would like that's alarming in itself well no like have you ever been so into something that when you finally stop doing whatever it is whether you're working on something or you're playing something, yeah you're like and then man you're i like, like to pee yeah exactly yeah but well that that wasn't as serious are you telling me that you at one point skipped a podcast recording to play fallout oh I'm okay yeah. With it. yeah i don't i'm trying I'm, I, my main reaction is like i'm trying to remember when that happened and if i knew that it had happened I don't even know. I don't even think Tectic knew that it happened because I was just like, I'm not feeling good. Uh, Go on without me. And then laid on the couch and played. Well, that's the thing about video games. You can be sick. And play video games. Play video games, right? So so he probably came back out from recording and you were like, "Eh." he was none the wiser. (laughs) Who's to say? Um, Yeah, so it was okay. So we we have to we've got to get to nintendo direct here pretty soon so we're going to kind of sweep through some of these other things stalker 2 looked pretty uh scary this seemed like a thing that uh nerd bomber could not handle is that a is that, is that a fair assessment yeah um, I, I just i don't want to throw you under the bus but it's my first I remember, reaction like were you talking about stalker last week or a couple of weeks ago and i was just like he would like this game but i would not oh it looked great to me i was like this looks so fun um yeah that one looked cool um party animals uh this was one that actually slipped by me this was one that you start is, is, is this the one that looked a little bit like um like a fall guys kind of thing like yeah a, it looked quirky like cartoony guys, party game animals and then you're just like slapping the shit out of each other sorry for my language but like i think tactic was the one who looked over and he was like this reminds me of a lot of fall guys and we had a lot of fun with that and this looks like it could i be had a lot fun. of fun with it I got frustrated because I'd be trying to solve puzzles. And, and I'd be slapping her. Yeah. Well, so, there, you man, there's a lot of physicality in, in your house. Like, 
Nerd Bomber's grabbing Tectic. Tectic, did you at any point grab Nerd Bomber during any E3? Was these it, were, like, these were was all your... virtual grabs and slaps. Hers were in, <laughs> in real life. Okay. Because I'm, you know, she's apparently seeing trailers and grabbing you. I want to know what the trailer was in E3. Maybe we haven't gotten to it. Maybe that's a Nintendo trailer that you you've actually grabbed her, you know? But... Hey, maybe that's not your not your thing. Who knows? No, we've we've had a we've had a conversation about my underwhelming uh, reactions to anything. No, there is a specific game. If you want his reaction, we'll come up on it. It's one specific game I do want to hit, and the Square Enix presents before we hit Nintendo. And he yeah. had an underwhelming reaction, but then his like when the trailer finished, he perked up and was like, "So did it say something about pre-order?" I was like, "Oh, he's interested." So that's his, it's just a very subdued reaction yeah. that ends with take my money. That's interesting. Um, well, we we can, you know, there are a couple I didn't hear. Really, Atomic Heart, I guess, is the only one we did. I thought it was a, there then. was a pre-order figure included. That's what it was. But let's, let's talk about Square Enix Presents. And, and you know, we saw an Avengers expansion. Uh, we saw a Final, Final Fantasy remaster. But Guardians of the Galaxy is the clear headliner here. I I imagine that Square Enix has some kind of contract, right, with, I guess it would be Disney. I don't know who owns the rights to the games for these things, but didn't Avengers, like, not do that well? Avengers like, I, did I, not do that well. It's also but a I was very surprised. different game. Just because uh, well, the superheroes, right. the, the, the play, the, the worlds, the interaction with the online community, all very, very different. Then you're totally right about that, and we'll get into the the nuts and bolts of it. But I just my when I first saw it, my reaction was, "Oh, they must be under contract because, given how Avengers went for them, I can't imagine they would want to do another Marvel property." Um, th- like you said, this looks totally different. Um, this looks much more uh, single player, single player, cinematically driven kind of thing. Um, you know, a- again, you have this kind of issue. I see it as an issue of um, voice acting and, you know, physical character models don't quite match. I will say whoever they got to voice Rocket Raccoon, almost exactly right. Um, That was like one of my takeaways that I wrote down about this one was, wow, the Rocket Raccoon guy is freaking nailing it. Like, are we sure it's not Bradley Cooper? That was my um, my takeaway there. It looks really fun. Um, it looks really fun. It looks very well put together. It's going to be a big deal for them. I don't... I'm, I'm leery. You know, that's my main reaction was I wasn't excited about Avengers and I was kind of proven right. Um, and again, I know this is a totally different thing, but but where where are you guys landing on this one? Is this is this the pre-order one that you were talking about before? <laughs> I was very pre-order. excited about it. The gameplay looks phenomenal. The story looks like it's going to be great. The soundtrack has to be awesome. It's Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy. I'm expecting right. a solid soundtrack. Um, I did ask about the pre-order because I thought it came with cool figures. It does not, but it does come with some DLT, DLC costumes, which is also kind of fun. Um, I'm for playing this game. I don't know if I'm going to be a first-day player, but it looks very exciting to me. Yeah, I think this is one of those games, like you said, Avengers. There was a lot going against Avengers. The fact that it's a live service, the fact that when it launched, it didn't seem to give people what was advertised. There were a lot of bugs. Granted, Square Enix has been doing a really good job working with the community and making updates and keeping the game, you know, living, even though it's been out now yeah. for a while. 
This, to me, though, it feels like what that game should have been. I don't know why they, like, every game doesn't need to be a live service, and a cinematic Avengers game is one of those games that I don't think needed to be a live service. And I think we'll see that making Guardians of the Galaxy a single-player, like you said, cinematic, mission-driven game with a lot of good storytelling, a lot of, you know, heart and, I don't know, just good humor is going to be way more successful for me. I I just, this one resonated with me in a way that Avengers never did when we saw trailers for it. And maybe it is just because I like the humor of guardians of the galaxy a little bit better. And even like that, that issue that we have where the character models and voice actors don't match what we know from the movies. Maybe it's because guardians is a newer adventure and isn't one of the ones that have been steeped in like decades. It seems like of when it's also, it's a lot easier to work around. Like, yeah, yeah, Groot, Groot is a tree. Rocket raccoon is a raccoon. Star Lord wearing a mask that's Mm -hmm. made of metal. Like have like it's, I I think there are a lot of things and you know, I, I totally agree. Um, they appear that to be playing their to their strengths here much more so than with Avengers. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has a much lighter tone. They don't take themselves too seriously cinematically or in these in this game. It looks like they won't, and that's only going to be a good thing. I think Avengers when it when it takes itself seriously and also you know just doesn't look right. Like you said, ten years worth of of it being kind of steeped as like a you know a cultural icon uh, that didn't do it any favors. So. This looks like it's headed in the right direction. October 26, 2021 for this one. That helps too, because it seems like everything that we saw for the most part this E3 weekend is like 2022. And yeah, there's games coming out towards the end of 2021. But I think this is one of those like headliners that we'll see do be really successful around that holiday window. So we'll we'll get to Nintendo. Nintendo actually had a lot coming out this year. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, But before we move on from Square Enix... Uh, the other thing I, I see highlighted here, and I, I, I do want to talk about this again, n- never thought for an E3 rundown, I would be bringing up a mobile game. Uh, how, how about that, guys? Uh, Hitman Sniper The Shadows. Um, this is a game in the Hitman universe. Apparently, there was a previous rendition of Hitman Sniper I did not know about. Uh, you do not play as Agent 47. You play as somebody else. Um, I don't have a strong sense of the gameplay here. The trailer was very cinematic. This was also a very cool trailer, by the way. Love the way they did this trailer. Uh, again, kind of that, like, I think I respond very positively to, like, the freeze frame, move around the room technique, because this was the same exact thing as as Contraband. Um, if I understand correctly what this game is going to be, it is going to be uh, the grisly but fun games you would play on, like, addictinggames.com. Not a sponsor. Like, you're a sniper, you have to find a creative way to, like, kill all the dudes right that is that the basic do i understand this correctly that's exactly what it looks like to me and yeah you know what i might actually download this one it it, it looks good like yeah it's like, puzzly it, and you guys know i love puzzles it would be it's it's cool i mean it looks like there's a lot of environmental interaction right there's a, a chandelier that presumably has been shot down right that's the you know there's there's a lot going on visually um but it could be, you know, I haven't played a mobile game of this caliber, pun intended, in uh, a long while. Or ever, honestly. I don't even know if I have. But this is the best chance they have. But that said, <laughs> we haven't really seen gameplay, so it could just be horrendous. Right. Um, did you guys ever play those, like, 
like addictinggames.com, like those websites. Oh, what you were the other websites that did the, Yeah. There's all kinds of games that were like, you're you're a sniper. Just find the guy that's like leaning against the the, the gas can. Shoot the gas can. Like uh, it, just, it, it is like vaguely puzzly stuff that, yeah, it's pretty gruesome, but uh, makes for an enjoyable game. <laughs> um, so yeah, Hitman, Hitman Sniper of the Shadows, that's coming 2021. And again, there were other things in Square Enix. I mentioned the Avengers Wakanda expansion, Final Fantasy remaster. Um, Life is Strange is being remastered, getting uh, True Colors as well. Uh, but we are in a position where I think we should get into uh, kind of the last major piece of the puzzle here, which is the Nintendo Direct. So, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think this is one we all watch straight through. And... Yeah. Uh, I hesitate to to, to bash. Yeah, I to bash I'm it. not going to bash any, anything. But I guess I just... And this is my bad. So, like, we all kind of knew this E3 was a little bit underwhelming compared to other years. Like, there weren't a ton of, like, major announcements and, like, the, the flashy new games we didn't see a lot of. You know what I mean? And... Yeah. I don't know why I expected more from Nintendo than the other showcases that we saw throughout this entire weekend, but for whatever reason, I did. Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, and well, it was underwhelming. There I said it. I actually had a game that I was super duper excited about, and it's funny that you um, seem to be sick over there, Illegal, because the game that I was most excited about was not Metroid Prime 4, but rather Metroid Dread. So, Which I just fine. have to it say... I have to say, they did a real big confuse here. And I know that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to call it a big confuse because the entry slide before they showed off this game, they said Metroid 5, showed the game, and then retitled it to Metroid Dread. This is not Metroid 5, folks. It's so, okay. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up Dread. Yeah, well, take it away. I'm I'll glad I brought up Dread. I'm going to talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what I was in, when I was introduced to the Metroid franchise, it was all side scroller. It was on my little handheld system, and that's ultimately what I fell in love with. I did play Metroid Prime on the GameCube, and I loved it, but I was always sort of more true to the side scrollers. So for me to get a new side scroller that's coming out, that's really exciting, and I'm actually more excited about this than I would have been had it been a Metroid Prime Four. And you know, it, like it, I can't fault that it looks great. I, I will say, like, my thing is, they've talked about Metroid Prime. Like, they've backed themselves into a corner. If it's not Metroid Prime Four, I don't want to hear. It could be the best game. It could be made of gold. I would want it. I want Metroid Prime Four. Like, it's well, they've got like a George R. R. Martin thing going on where they're like teasing a little bit, yeah, teasing the next entry in their mainline franchise and then being like. But also, here's this. Or I guess Kingdom Hearts did the same thing. Where they're like, you want Kingdom Hearts 3? Joke, here's another mobile game. Well, Nintendo, like, the last time they did that, did, did, wasn't that kind of what was going on? They did a direct, and they were like, we have a Zelda thing. It's Skyward Sword Remastered. Everyone was like, oh, come on. Why would you do that? Like, we were yeah. thinking you were going to, like, give us... And we'll get to that later. But, I know, I, Metroid Dread looks really cool. Um, I have some experience. Like, I played Super Metroid. Uh, I don't think I ever finished it, but I played it a lot of the way through. Side Scrollers, where they started. Um, this looks like it's going to be really well done. It looks like a game that I would even play and enjoy. Um, you know, I can't move past my saltiness, and that's a me problem. Um, n- now before we get to there's a, a bunch highlighted here uh, and for good reason there's actually one here that's not highlighted that i want to talk about very briefly to 
to voice some some more anger um worms rumble what has been done to the worms franchise is criminal and this is just the latest piece did you guys play worms in like the early 2000s on On the the pc PC? yeah they had it they had it just do that just do that for 100 games i don't need any more graphics i don't need keep it 2d just do that like then they came up with like worms blast worms 3d well, we like, have the 3d what, what are you one doing? too it just it might be fine but like they had the perfect formula oh yeah i don't, know I don't disagree they, I don't know. 2d was 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 just like metroid was was really the pinnacle of it yeah you have me there yeah <laughs> I, we, we don't have to dwell on that i just wanted to voice some some continued uh, annoyance with that there's another um, game that i want to point out that i was actually kind of excited about and that was yeah. and forgive my botching of the title shin megami tensi 5 this this was pokemon with demons and it was actually kind of cool and i know yeah, that's, I mean, that it's the fifth installment but okay i'll jump right in yeah, I did yeah, like I the fact it's like an angels and demons sort of thing. And I think the ability to like recruit demons and then that was cool. But then what really kind of caught my attention was the ability to kind of like meld demons together to make new ones that are like unique. That was kind of neat. That did turn my head, I will say. The the premise is is definitely super cool. Like like you said, I mean, the premise can easily be summed up in Pokemon's, Pokemon with angels and demons, right? And like pokemon clearly a big deal it almost makes you wonder a little bit like why is is part of why pokemon is such a big deal is it not because of the turn-based gameplay is it more because of like ah keep pokemon like you know like is it people like is it the pokemon themselves i guess but you could collect certain angels and demons like you could they could have created the same sort of collectible universe just maybe the monsters themselves are like what what really do it for people you know i uh, that's a side sheet that we don't have to get into um Right before that game was WarioWare Get It Together. And I want I do want to mention this because I haven't I've actually been out of the WarioWare universe for a while. Um I actually my favorite WarioWare game is the original WarioWare. Um Nerd Bomber said to not to out you, Nerd Bomber, you were like, I don't get it. Yeah. Not, I, mean, not, not, I, don't, not, I don't get it. It's, it not, no, I, I, I think I said I never understood WarioWare. I don't get yeah. it. It's I will say, like, it's watching those trips warrior warrior i think is one of those games where you don't get it until you play it it's addicting it is extremely addicting it's these stupid little mini games watching the footage like it makes no sense it's like serial killer stuff it's like take peel this guy's face mask off and like you know put toothpaste on a toothbrush you're like this is fun what is it like it i will like it's very hard to market it has to be because it makes no sense uh, and also, like they did the Wario voice for this one, which I, I was also wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but the mini game format is really cool, and the fact that they're introducing co op here, I think, is really really awesome. So I was I was into that. This is one that I might actually buy. Um, Are you and which, Hayes gonna co op very strange mini games with toothpaste I think on we each will. other's toothbrushes? I well, it's actually like Hayes has very specific game tastes, and I think I think we might hit hit with this one um so i feel like I, this is one i'm gonna eat my words when i finally ever try a warioware game and i'm like damn it this is fun and then, then the i'm barrier gonna have to, to like entry, retract they're, they're all fantastic. of my statements okay so yeah technically i was gonna say i thought you had played and you played the ones after the first one too didn't you or i I'm focused mainly in the wario land games 
Oh, but it's all the same kind of quirkiness and it's just, it's a good time. It's, it's, it's like Mario. It's like the Mario games, but just sort of cracked out. Well, <laughs> if I these, were to describe yeah. it. Yeah, these no, remind the, me, we've talked about like, obviously like the addicting games, but these remind me of a bunch of like little flash games that they've compiled they into one game. Yeah. What, well, yeah, but with Wario Land, to go back to that, I never played the original Wario Land. I played Wario Land 2. And like you said, it's it's like, it's kind of like coked out Mario. Like that is, it's a pretty good description of it. They're really fun. Um, and WarioWare is even more coked out. WarioWare is like literally like, there are certain versions. So you you did play WarioWare, right? Tactic? Am I not? Am I remembering I that right? Or like you can do certain, you can play certain game modes that are like you're doing these mini games that they showed in this trailer, but you're doing them so fast. Like the game, the way it works is you play through these mini games, and you're constantly when you pass one, yay, good. If you fail one, you lose a life, and you have like three lives. But as you keep going, as you pass more and more, it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And the fuse in each mini game gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's so addicting. It is so addicting. And that's it's where so the easy crack the cane up. comes from. It, yeah, honestly, it's, it is like you, I think you really hit the nail. You, I know you're saying that about Wario Land, but like all the Wario games, you hit the nail on the head. They're just cracked out. Um, and it's really fun. Sticking with mini games though. I, I do want to, um, talk about mario party superstars because i was actually surprised you know i'm not a mario party person um i'm a marty mario party 64 the that person that first mario party on the n64 i was super into that game and lo and behold they're bringing back a bunch of stuff from like i saw mushroom mix-up remastered in this trailer i was i saw the where you were moving bowser's face around i was like this is great this is exactly what i want you to do i might buy that one uh you know it's not it's you know it, otherwise it's it's kind of just mario party right which i think mario party's kind of fallen off in recent years but it looks like they're trying to get it back and they're also introducing online play i think um, that online that play cool. is super key because yeah mario party i've always played it at people's houses and that's cool and all but you sometimes can't get a big crowd to all gather around in a living room for a little bit. And like with you and us, we're miles and miles and miles apart. And it would right. be nice to be able to play, you know, stuff like Among Us rose in popularity, especially in the last year, because people are separate, yeah. but they found ways to play with each other. And I think, yeah, now things are kind of getting to a point where we can all kind of like come back together, but you still have distance between people and having online play for fun little diversions like Mario Party, I think is great. Mario Party, you like, if anyone out there hasn't played it, which is probably unlikely at this point. You have to let go, and this is hard for me to do, and that's why I'm saying it. You have to let go of the idea that you, if you're the best player, you will win. That is like the antithesis oh my, yeah, of Mario. The, it's like stupid random party. star that people get. Ugh, makes me well, and then like every time the star gets, every, every time someone gets a star, it moves somewhere random on the map, essentially. So someone might be right. Like, like it's, it, the mini games are great, and the mini games are the heart of the game, and they're like, it makes perfect sense. The actual like meta game itself, where it, no, it's the stupidest thing in the world. It makes no sense. You shouldn't bother trying. I, like whenever I play Mario Party now, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother until there's a mini game in front of me because it's just a waste of time. And it's like, gotten worse and worse over that. I could rant about this for we should do like a secret segment about that because I could talk about it for for hours. But let's not. Let's talk about Advanced Wars. Did you guys ever play Advanced Wars? My brother played Advanced Wars. When I saw this, I recognized the theme music, and I didn't even play it. 
This was like, this was iconic, I feel like, back in the day. Nostalgia. Yeah. This was... And I feel like the franchise and the IP just kind of disappeared. Like, I know there were offshoots and whatever, but having this game come back and reintroduced to potentially a new generation of people, this is just good old-fashioned classic strategy fun. You know what I mean? This is like the kind of stuff that I would waste hours and at the end, like, this isn't relaxing because eventually your brain starts to hurt and you're really like grinding your gears trying to figure out the best way to win. But it's fun and super rewarding and I'm excited that this is back. I could care less about this one. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I appreciated it for the nostalgia. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy it. Like I, it might have changed, but like when I was younger and my brother had this game for the, like the Game Boy Advance or whatever, and I would try to play it. I, I, I mean, the issue was probably let's just call it what it is. I probably didn't have the patience for it. It's not a fast moving game, right? It's it's kind of just chess. It's like chess, but slower. If anything, um. I struggle with that. I don't know if I would do better with it now, but I'm not going to take the chance monetarily, I don't think. I just thought it, it, it was cool to see it come back. There was a big reel at the end. Before we get to that, uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania 20th anniversary uh, collection for the Switch. Now, I have not played a single Super Monkey Ball game. I have to say, it looks great. Uh, who's the monkey one of you is a monkey ball person or both of you who is i played it? it a lot at my friend's house growing up like an unreasonable amount and it is cutesy and addicting so you're Are probably you? going to be buying this one um i'm an adult now i don't do cutesy and addicting that's just straight up false i <laughs> mean that that means yes if anything um yeah it, it looks like yeah it looks like it's the kind of game where it looks like not it's a, a fun party game. Thought. It's great to get yeah. gather with friends and, and play together. Not a lot of thought required. A lot of fun to be had. Kind of that. Because um, I've I played games that I imagine are kind of like it. I mean, you're rolling a ball around on a, like a big track. And if you fall off the track, you die. That's basically the, the premise, right? Seems fine to me. Like, I, yeah, sounds great. Um, and, you know, any remastered collection that comes out ever, I'm like, yes, this is a great idea. I'm not, I'm not mad at all. And this is this is no exception. This this brings us kind of to to the crown jewel Breath of the Wild two footage at the very end of uh, the Nintendo Direct, and we're, again we're skipping a lot of stuff here. Um, but this did you guys some weird get footage. like geeked out because you know they were like we have one more thing, and then they showed the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass, and I was like what the heck and i was and they showed like, like a bunch more after yeah that. yeah <laughs> and i thought for sure they weren't going to show any breath of the wild 2 stuff and then they eventually did which was good but i want to know what's sh- going on with this hand there's me, a lot in this it's just so cryptic this trailer so cryptic the biggest takeaway from that whole thing was they kept showing various color magic orbs coming from his hand and it looked like either you're getting magic hands of varying powers and different abilities, which is really, really exciting, or something happened to his hand, and it's some cool prosthetic. One of the things that that I thought was neat and now makes a little bit more sense why Skyward Sword was remastered, even though it seems like it wasn't one of people's favorite games back in the day, was this game, Breath of the Wild 2, is now going to include the skies above Hyrule, which you see some more like flying, falling from the sky stuff that... I think I saw some some people kind of 
put them side by side, like a screenshot of Link falling through the sky in this this footage next to Skyward Sword, and it looks pretty similar. So now it kind of makes a little bit more sense why they chose to release that game. And I know people are like, oh, just give us Breath of the Wild 2. Why are you going back and remastering this game? But maybe that kind of informed some of the technical improvements they were able to make and it makes more sense, which gears clicking in my head. So now I can't really fault them for for doing that. Not that I really did, but like people were. This is a dumb thing to hone in on, but like... The thing I, when I think back to this trailer, the thing I remember the most is the last shot of it was so long. I was, it was just a shot of like a <laughs> landscape with like the castle. I was like, is there something I'm supposed to be seeing? It was like a solid 10 seconds of just kind of this wide shot. And I was like, should I be seeing something here? I don't know if I missed something, but a lot of, a uh, lot of red. That's another thing I remember. A lot of, I'm, just, I'm just talking totally in terms of visuals because I don't, I haven't played a Zelda game basically ever. Um, a lot of red. Uh, scary stuff happening specifically um, glowy red glowy red yeah the castle itself seems to be like ensconced in these like glowy red tendril things that i don't understand i, I believe by the way them. that that scene was showing uh hyrule being sort of taken over that's like swallowed up yeah yeah that's the vibe i got which cool yeah good vibes for <laughs> 2022 i mean yeah people i'm sure were extremely excited to see this one um this is a good time if you know if, especially considering we're nearing the end here there were i'm sure games that we did not mention that you wanted us to there were certain things about the games we did mention that you wanted us to talk about more uh at ow if lady six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber at online warriors one all of our twitter accounts there for you come chat with us about the wonders of e3 and you know before we we sign off here I think it's worth coming around the table. I, I don't think we're going to do any, any what we've been up to, any any game, like I said. But general vibes on E3 2021, you know, um, I, I don't, well, I, I, won't, I won't preface it in any way. I'll just, I'll t- spin it over to Tectic. Tectic, what was your overall takeaway from E3? Anything you were particularly excited about? Just a general, what sense you got about the future of gaming? I think Before that yours. Microsoft crushed it. And I feel bad for those who don't have an Xbox. Game Pass specifically. Game yeah. Pass specifically. Um, that that showcase I thought was the best of all of E3 by far. And, and we didn't even mention the fr- the mini fridge, which by the way is happening. Um, <laughs> but okay. did you guys see that? That I didn't dream that, did I? No, no, that's real. That is definitely a real thing. Yeah. But not only so not only was the content just knock you out of your chair, but the value of the content was just absolutely wonderful. And so, like I said, if for those who don't have an Xbox, y'all better be getting an Xbox, not a sponsor. Yeah, no, th- this this one hurt for me. Um there's there's no doubt, you know, like consider I mean, PlayStation, you know, at large set set this out and we we knew that was going to happen but like in terms of other games that are going to be across every like uh, my takeaway by the way is like i whatever that like like i'm sorry i don't want to leave it on that and i will hopefully never will have something more positive to say but like there were very very few things here that jumped out at me and like i, I don't know if it's uh if it's the fact that there wasn't enough AAA content, because I think there was, I think it's just, 
I don't know. There was this general malaise for me. There were a handful of things that excited me a little bit. You know, Contraband excited me. Um, Redfall certainly did. And again, yeah, now we're getting into a lot of the Xbox stuff that they're not exclusives, I don't think, but they're, you know, Xbox forward. Um, I would say WarioWare excited me a decent amount. Um, But nothing had my jaw on the floor. I Um, can kind of, I think, pinpoint that feeling and maybe maybe it's just me i'm strong i'm floundering so yeah please help me in in past years e3 you feel like you come away from the weekend or the week because it's normally not on the weekend it's usually like kind of during the week and you have new games that you had never heard of before we're not expecting and suddenly they're on your radar and you're excited for them this year there were a couple new announcements like redfall contraband tiny tina but for the most part, like I remember other years, it would be title after title after title after title of world announcement. Like, this is the first time ever you're hearing about this game. We didn't yeah. get a lot of that. And I think I think I mentioned this before. Some of that might just be, you know, the pandemic. Some of it Coming might of it, be yeah. learning from prior mistakes. Like there were a lot of big name games that were already announced that we didn't hear from the what is it everwild from rare it could be they're learning from mistakes because that game we just learned over the weekend we've seen footage at previous e3s i think two now where they showed this game and rare is overhauling it and basically starting all over again and so maybe developers are just getting gun shy where they're like we're not going to show you stuff until we're very firm on what this game is and within like a year of release but it just it feels underwhelming because there's nothing new really to look forward to like you've always you always tend to walk away from e3 with oh in two years there's this list of epic games that i know is coming and past mid 2022 i don't really know what's on the horizon because like like, yeah uh, thinking back to past e3s like there are two titles that that might have been the same e3 that they were announced or revealed or whatever deathloop and returnal both of those games, granted, I don't own either of those games yet. Deathloop's not even out. Returnal, I don't own because I don't have a PS5. But, like, both of those, I was like, yes, 100% yes. Those look amazing. Uh, both original titles, by the way, not not franchises. And I was like, this is, I'm really into this. Um, there, I, I can confidently say this year, there was nothing like that for me. Um, again, Contraband was the closest one, but I haven't seen enough to know yet. Um, and I, I, I think you're right. I think that and i think it makes sense for developers to be more careful like i mean metroid prime 4 not much has even been revealed about it yet but look what they did they made me hate them right <laughs> like like and you, and, and you don't you don't want to do that even if you're nintendo you probably don't want to do that so developers are being more cautious and you know there's there's games like cyberpunk that came out recently that flat out were not ready right and there's a, a bunch of mitigating circumstances with that game in particular but that was a very hyped game that i'm sure it was at e3 at some point right so it, it you know I mean, that had the big E3 with Keanu, and that was super hyped, and everyone was like, oh my god, Cyberpunk! And now, in retrospect, it's like, ooh. Yeah, so I I, I think you're totally right. I think developers are are learning to be a little bit more careful, Um, which is a good thing, but it, it... it does throw a little bit of cold water on, 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 on E3. Um, also, maybe I'm just like getting old. Like it's, <laughs> I hate, I don't want to leave it with that, like with that opinion either, but like, 
I Maybe really I'm don't just... think so, though, because the games that you mentioned that you were hyped for, Returnal and Deathloop, like, that's those are games that came out this year. Like, I, I don't really think it's yeah. that at all. I think it's just, like I said, a lot of these announcements, we already knew these games. It really wasn't anything new. It was just, like, more information. And, cool. well, and it, it, it takes a lot out of your sales, too, when, like, I think we talked about when we were talking about Ubisoft or Ubisoft or however you want to pronounce it. Avatar whatever it's called was like their big that was they were hanging their hat on that i i think and they shouldn't have <laughs> like they just they shouldn't have done that um so like i think for, to see for like, context and comparison remember when harry potter was announced and we were all like yeah. floored so didn't hear anything about that this time like yeah, it, yeah i think it, it's just the properties and things that we've already heard and it's just there's not hype here it's just like we got more information on all of these things we kind of expected here's to hoping they set the bar low this year so that next year just knocks our socks off well i I, and you know what i think there's a lot of merit uh in that prognosis like i i do think that next year you know hopefully everything is more so back to normal i think it could be a huge coming out party for developers who've hit the ground running more so than they did this year and um metroid prime 4 you know <laughs> maybe that'll fun. It, <laughs> once, once again remaster I'm, I'm 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 flipping my calendar into 2022 and i'm circling whatever day e3's been announced for and i'm 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 writing metroid prime 4 next to in, in a heart and we'll just have to have to see metroid prime 4 I, I, at this point i'm wondering if it's gonna be one of those situations where nintendo because what they love to do is like they're like and they did this in their direct too which i i really appreciate actually uh they will announce a game and then they're like it's out today like here which like good and they didn't do that so much this time but their release dates were noticeably closer than everybody else's they had a lot more fall release dates um so there's there are things to look forward to there there's no doubt And, and you know you can probably wait till 2022 for the other stuff um and maybe I'm just being a big wet blanket. You should tell me so on Twitter. Um, that's that's what the Twitters are there for. So, yeah, we're we're at, we're approaching ninety minutes here. Any any closing thoughts, you two? I don't think so. I mean, I just not. I didn't come away like I said as like super hyped about gaming, but there's a lot to like here and a lot of stuff in the future of gaming coming out in the next couple of years. That I'm going to be busy and, and especially with Game Pass, like I'm probably going to have choice paralysis and yeah. look forward to hearing me complain about not knowing what to play next. Well, we're, you know, we're spoiled as heck, right? Like, my God, we watched we watched a trailer for an Avatar video game that like has better graphics than most movies. And we were like, eh. <laughs> well, because <laughs> it's not the graphics, right? I, I'm, I'm right. Gaga over Metroid Dread and that's a that's a 2d game it's it's the content that we're truly excited about and right. i you hear that for me avatar just yeah right blue avatars <laughs> nerd bomber said it best <laughs> blue blue avatar in parentheses <laughs> um james cameron eat your heart out so yeah uh we're gonna stick a pin in, in in our e3 2021 recap again our twitters were mentioned earlier uh feel free to hit us up uh tell us why we suck uh well we didn't mention what you wanted 
uh, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, hopefully not telling us we suck over there, but if you think we suck, we suck. You know, there's something we can do about that. Um, we will be back next week with our usual scheduled programming. You'll hear what we've been up to. You'll hear me lose a game or win a game. Who knows? Our stop clock is right twice a day. And a fun special interview. Fun special interview. That's right. We have a fun special. Do we? Do that? Do people know? Can I? Should I not say the name? I won't say the name. We'll keep it. It'll be a surprise. Under wraps, an interview, and it's not. We're not interviewing each other. It's not like an interview with one of us. That wouldn't. It doesn't count, guys. We interview each other whenever we do the podcast, basically. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for sitting and, and chatting with us for a while.